to get somewhere you have to fail and I really think that like everything is just a stepping stone and it's literally a staircase you keep on going up you can go down you can go up you can go down but everything is a work in progress and you are a work in progress and I think what David said about like just failing and trying again is just so vital to life and I want like other people to see that that is key to like creating a better world because you can try so many different things and you never know what's going to actually work until it's failed. I guess that is the thing with our generation a little bit. We are impatient for change and sometimes that gets into our head and when it doesn't happen quickly then we just give up. But I think that's something we need to work on and that the people who have those skills are definitely going to be the ones that stick it out and create change for the better. You are listening to the Sustainably Circular podcast. This show is dedicated to the circular economy and how with a few key changes, you can help create a more sustainable world. No scare tactics, no shame. If we are going to do this, we need everyone actively engaged, on board, and including you. Your host is no other than Andy Streisfeld, who is the co-founder and partner at MEA Health, Canada's first stop for PPE recycling. You are here for one thing, to better understand the circular economy and your role in it. Every episode, we dive into the key issues around sustainability and the circular economy so that you can lead others in this new world. So tune into the show, turn up the music volume, and let's get to it. Good Wednesday morning and welcome to Sustainably Circular. I'm your host, Andy Streisfeld. Sydney Vernier and David Lee are students from the United States who are joining us here and who are not giving up their shot when it comes time to recycle hard to recycle plastics and PPE. And we have them here in the studio. We'll be talking to them in a moment. We will also be talking about Heather Kitching's piece from uh, CBC News. It ran uh, this week focusing on recycling boxes. Would you pay money to recycle plastics uh, like PPE, mask, and hard to hard to recycle plastics and avoid sending them to landfill. That will be something that we'll discuss right after we talk with our guests who are with us in the studio. So let's go straight to them. Sydney and David, welcome. Uh, It's fantastic having you on our show with us. I met you guys by phone and by Zoom early last year, I think, it or actually early, yeah, early last year it was. And uh, it was interesting. You were part of some sort of group that spanned coast to coast. Uh, Sydney, do you want to start and tell us how you and David met now uh, and what's uh, up with your gang? Yeah. So over the summer, we all participated in this program called Entrepreneurship for Social Change through the New York Times. And we were given an assignment to find a problem that we wanted to solve or try and fix in some sort of way. And we were all really passionate about the environment. And we saw how much of an impact the pandemic has made on our world, specifically with masks. I mean, they are just everywhere. I think there was a statistic saying that only in 2020, there are 1.5 billion masks in our oceans. And we were all just blown away from that. And we found that the way to create change was by recycling masks. And we created this idea or business venture, if you might call it. And we were planning on taking masks and recycling them into water bottles. But we're mainly focusing right now on the social aspect of it by recycling masks. So currently, David and I are bringing 
mask recycling from Canada to our schools. And my program actually just launched today and we're super excited about it and hope it can spread all across the U.S. Congratulations. David. Yeah. First, thanks for having us on the show. Uh, it's a delightful honor to be here. And like Sydney said, uh, we've been trying to get these programs into our schools, into our uh, hospitals, and maybe other businesses or organizations that might be willing to participate in the program. So far, uh, Sydney's had a lot of luck in that department while I've been a little bit more struggling. Um, but I think I'll be getting into, we'll be able to implement that plan sometime this semester at our school. And I'm also working with the IA Human Rights Department and seeing if they'll be able to implement that system at the IO Capital Complex. So that's kind of exciting if it's um, able to happen. Yeah. So I, I take it because we don't we don't want to name names or anything, but I take it the challenges that everyone has is that it's either a cost issue or it's a way of life issue. Do you find both of you? Let me ask you this: Do you find the challenge is more people just don't want to recycle, or is it just they don't know how to recycle? Let's have Sydney uh, go first, and David afterwards. I would say people are just lazy, inherently lazy. <laughs> they don't take the time to throw it away. They just like drop it or just leave it on the ground. And that's where it stems from, just laziness. And I think that if we bring awareness to this issue, people will be more likely to recycle it. And if we have these recycling boxes and teach people about the impact that they will be making on our earth, they may be more willing to contribute and not be lazy and actually put in a little extra step and take time out of their, their day to recycle. Yeah, so I live in a more rural environment than Sydney. Sydney uh, lives around Chicago in Illinois and I live um, in Ames, Iowa, which is probably somewhere you've never heard of. But I also was born in South Korea where we have a very good recycling system. It's government run and everybody participates in it. It's not like something you can opt in or out of. It's just something everybody does. And the mindset there is you're weird if you don't recycle, right? And that's just not a thing here, especially in Ames. Um, we don't have a recycling program in our city. And it's actually really hard for residents to get into that uh, sector of recycling everyday plastics, everyday glass bottles and um, paper, right? So it's, I think here it's a balance between a lack of resources for you to recycle, but it's also like Sydney said, there's laziness and people just don't want to do it or go out of their way to uh, try and figure out a solution to that problem so this is funny truth be told this is anti time now i spent a year in south korea not only did i teach english there but i married my wife there sarah who who, who lives with uh, here in hamilton ontario with me and the most embarrassing moment i had was that you buy different color bags and you you put food and you you actually spend the time and you separate the bags. And here I am living the first few months that I've arrived in South Korea, throwing all my garbage into one bag as a Westerner, not knowing that you have to divide them into separate little bags. And some lady is uh, is coming off the street and opening up my garbage bag. And I was I was horrified, but I was over horrified more when I found out that I did something wrong 
And then I started spending the time. But the other thing is um, I'm also a fan of MASH. So the only, I know Iowa City from uh, Saturday football and I know Ottumwa, Iowa from MASH. So now I know Ames. Those are three cities in Iowa that I know. And uh, I'm proud to say that. All right. So with that, uh, let's let's just go quickly to uh, a question. A lot of my followers, so people who are listening to the show, are, are LinkedIn people, business people, uh, people that worked with me and and either in government or in or in, in medical or or whatever it may be. And now we have some new recyclers. Now, what advice can you give us, the young generation, in regards to how we can be part of the recycling? I know that we are trying our best now with COVID to try to embrace the damage we're doing by selling masks and gowns and this and that. And, you know, manufacturing is doing a, a good job and trying, you know, we're hearing the complaints while well, the costs and this, and I, and I, I throw it back as that's bull. <laughs> like, you know, really, if you're spending, if you're spending money to take a, a waste hauler to take your garbage away, you could spend the money to, to recycle, but let's, let's throw it back to uh, Sydney and then David. And then, uh, we can go to our first commercial break. So, Sydney, what what advice would you give us business people in regards to the reality of doing it? Well, I think we just need to be more aware of what we are putting into our earth. I think that people know what they should be doing, but they just don't take the time to care about it. I mean, it could be for financial reasons or other reasons, but I think that people really need to be to be aware of like what they are putting into the earth because everything that you do has an impact in some sort of way. And if we become more educated of how we could make change and maybe move from like plastic bags made out of actual plastic to plastic bags made out of like corn or something, I think that really it could make an impact on our earth. And we just need to be conscious of what products are made out of and everything that you're company or brand is putting out into the earth, whether it's like carbon or just anything really. All right, David. So I totally agree with what Sydney said. I also think it's the adults that have to set the precedent for the children to follow, right? We're able to do this because Andy uh, has showed us a path in this. This is a possible avenue for us to take. And a lot of the times we don't have that connection. We don't have the knowledge that these things exist. And I think the adults have a lot, are more aware of what's out there and what's possible. So I think if you guys are able to show us that these things can become just a social, social norm that kids can follow and just think it's, it's what everybody does. It's what society, um, does every single day then it's not like we have to go out of our way to try and create change or try and figure out the solution to all of these problems because it's just there and it's easier for us to follow all right so listen we're going to take a small commercial break and uh, we'll come back with sydney and david and we're going to start getting deeper into the discussion of what makes them tick and the environmentalism that they espouse and how they will make change. And when my generation is long gone, how their generation will continue. So stick with us. We'll be back in just a few moments. What if a box could change the world? Every day, face masks and other PPE waste are flooding our landfills. What if we could take that waste, sterilize it, and turn it into new useful products? And what if the key was a box? 
At Lifecycle Revive, we make this magical box. And more. Here's how it works. Look for one of our black and white Lifecycle Revive boxes in your community, or sign up to have postage prepaid boxes delivered to your home. Instead of throwing masks or other PPE in the trash, toss it in the box. When a box fills up, it goes back to our facility, where it's sterilized and turned into all kinds of products, like healthcare supplies, PPE, and masks. Then the cycle begins again. Get your box at www.lifecyclerevive.ca or call 548-885-3748. Life Cycle Revive. A perfect circle. In a box. All right, we're back. So this is interesting. I, I love quotes. And, and I love um, when people share with me their quotes. My favorite quote is actually from The Gladiator at the beginning when, when uh, Russell Crowe tells people, you know, what you, do in, what you do in life echoes into eternity. And I think that's what drove me into this is that I, I spent 50 years of my life doing what I did. And now I want the rest of my life to be something better. So what do you feel your contribution or your footprint, not the carbon footprint, but what footprint that you're going to leave behind is going to echo into eternity about you? I would say just that that I love to make change and I want other people to see how much that I like love the earth and how much I am willing to like do everything I can to just better our world. And I want people to be inspired by that and people to like follow in my footprints and and just like really see that like everything you do can influence everyone and just be aware of how what you're putting into the earth and what you're taking out of it. And yeah. All right, David. I think it was four years ago that I kind of got into climate change. And at the beginning, it was overwhelming. And I did complain to my mom a lot about all of these issues that nobody was really taking seriously in my community, at least. And uh, my mom told me, so what are you going to do about it? And how will your children, when they look at you, what will they say about what you've done in the past and I think that kind of got me started into trying to figure out actual solutions that maybe I could work towards to bring awareness and um, tell the community about in order for us to make little changes here and there and it hasn't been that easy in fact I think looking back at it I've learned a lot throughout the process but it's been really hard and there hasn't been a lot of progress in my mind personally, that I've been extremely proud of. There have been moments, moments, but just like this mass recycling thing and composting and recycling on the ventures I've walked past through before, everything hasn't worked out the way I wanted it to. And I think that's okay because in the process you grow and you can say at the end of the day, you tried your best and maybe you'll try harder next time. And that's what's going to get you through the finish line. Cindy, what's what's your thought on that? Well, I like completely agree. I mean, like to get somewhere you have to fail. And I really think that like everything is just a stepping stone and it's literally a staircase. Like you keep on going up, you can go down, you can go up, you can you can go down, but everything is a work in progress and you are a work in progress. And I think what David said about like just failing and trying again is just so vital to life. And I want like other people to see that like that is key to like creating a better world and because you can try so many different things and you never know what's going to actually work until it's failed. I guess 
that is the thing with our generation a little bit. Like we are impatient for change and sometimes that gets into our head and when it doesn't happen quickly, then we just give up. But I think that's something we need to work on and that the people who have those skills are definitely going to be the ones that stick it out and create change for the better. Oh, that's that's a fantastic point of view from both of you. So let, let's take a segue away from from what's driving us in this business and what's driving you to do what you're doing. And it's very hard to consider the climate emergency as it is with COVID raging all over the place. But at the end of the day, what are you doing to disconnect? Because let's face it, you're going to go crazy in many ways if you go full tilt at both of these things. So let's get Sydney's uh, take. What, what do you do to, to downplay some of this and you know turn off your motor a bit? And then we'll talk to David and then we'll come back to, to environmentalism. I would say reading is is just my favorite way to disconnect from what's going on in the world with COVID and everything else. I mean, it, you get when you get so wrapped up in a book, it makes you look forward to reading it. You just get so excited. And I love like losing myself in a book because you can connect so much to the characters. And I just love reading. And I also love to work out. So when I have the time, I'm definitely always running. Because I love how much like it's a de-stressor, it reduces your anxiety, and it's a great way to detach from what's going on. Perfect. David? Yeah. Um, I guess I also kind of exercise, not as much as Sydney, though. Sydney used to uh, go on runs like right after our uh, program, and like during our lunch break, she'd like come back sweating and stuff. So it was actually kind of funny. But uh, exercise is one thing. I guess. Um, I also read a lot this year, this like the beginning of this 2022 year, I have been reading quite a bit. I'm trying to target uh, the goal of maybe 100 books if I can. But besides that, I also shower a lot. I guess that isn't the most sustainable way to go about um, relaxing, but water and just like the feeling that you get, like de-stressing in the shower is just something I do quite often and it helps me keep focus. There is nothing wrong with that. Everyone loves that. I love to I love to sing in the shower. I play with my cats. I do some cooking. You know, it's 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 a fun time to de-stress, right? So there we go. And 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 in, in today's world, you know, you just can't you just can't take on all the causes at once. You gotta you gotta down you gotta gotta downplay it. You gotta take that stuff off you. So coming back um, to to the conversation about your generation and what's one of the reasons why you're here, and I asked the question. And again, I'm not I'm not overly critical of people like Greta Thunberg, but again, here in Canada, we for years had the Green Party who kept doing this gloom and doom thing, and it wasn't really conducive to a solution. And everyone was talking about the Paris numbers, and everybody was talking about you know COP26. Now these things have are continued, and and COP26 was just recent, but I find that the younger environmentalists of the day are more looking at the gloom and doom and not coming up with more of the, the real solutions that we are doing here. Am I wrong? I'm asking you guys. Uh, let's have Sydney uh, weigh in on this one and then you, David. I would agree. I mean, it kind of depends on the person. I mean, a lot of kids, at least at my school, are all about like, oh my God, so much is going wrong. Like if we don't do something now, like the world's going to end. Like, yes, but the key to making any change is acting upon it. And 
at least on social media like TikTok and Instagram, you see all these influencers trying to become more sustainable by like thrifting, using ethical brands like by humankind and just like finding all these different ways to actually do like actually create change is important. And I've seen that maybe probably older Gen Zers are more of that take action type of people, but kind of like younger Gen Zers, like my age in high school, aren't as active as as they should be. And I would say that, yeah, I do agree, but there are some people out there who are trying to actually make change. All right. David. I think everybody has a different skill set. Some people are just more uh, better at raising social awareness and trying to speak out in that front. Well, some kids are better at innovation and bringing up solutions for us to actually implement. And I don't think one is better than the other. I think they both go hand in hand. Obviously, it would be great if everybody could do both of them at the same time, but that's just not the reality. And like the thing I said before with patience, some people, action takes quite a bit of patience. It takes planning, it takes steps that you have to follow throughout a long period of time. And raising awareness doesn't have that kind of process. But you do impact a lot more people sometimes with raising awareness techniques. Like how I first got into um, climate change was through Prince EA. And Prince EA is a YouTuber and he's a spoken word poet. And one of his videos Two of his videos actually were about climate change and they he actually did a lot of stuff about solutions as well but um that day when i watched those videos i was really inspired to do something and i think that's where i put my beginning of like journey to creating solutions and innovating to try and make our world a better place and I've also picked up on uh, spoken word and writing poetry myself. So I've used that technique for like raising social awareness and it's been helpful. Well, this is, I can see why you like uh, like Hamilton then. it's uh, That is a master of the spoken word right there. I, wait, can I say one more thing? Of course, Sydney, please. I also think that as we get older and we have more like social power, you might say, um, people will be more activists you might say i think just as time goes on people are more willing to create change because as you're older so many people are just scared to be different and we're also used to conforming to social social norms and i really think that like as a high school student most people are scared to create change but as you get older you're more willing to do so and i think that with time my generation at least will become more just active and trying to create that change all right. As we head to the end of our interview, I'll just I'll ask you guys two separate questions. I'll start with you, Sydney, because we got you right here. So, based on everything that we've just talked about, what makes you optimistic for the future? What aspects make you optimistic? I would say definitely like the rate of at which technology is improving and becoming more helpful in society. I really think that like we can do whatever we want and create whatever we want. And we can really use technology to reduce the effects of climate change. And whether it's like carbon dioxide levels or like the amount of plastic on earth, I think we can find ways to use technology to benefit our world. And yeah. All right, David, my question to you is, what's the one thing you would like to see change in our planet's health? Yeah, um, that's a pretty big question. I think 
the most important thing, I guess, is energy. Energy is what's driving the climate crisis. It's the fossil fuels that are being um, utilized to create that energy. And if we can um, first put a plug into that leak, then we can, like switching over to clean energy instead of using fossil fuels, that is going to put a stoppage to um, all of the pollution, all of the uh, greenhouse gases that are going up into the air. And from that point on, I think we can create solutions to try and implement change in terms of taking that pollution out of the air, taking the pollution out of our seas and our earth. And I think that's just our biggest concern that we're going to have to focus on in the near future. All right. So with that, I want to thank Sydney and David for being with us on the show. I'll just stay with us for a second as we as we segue off here. For those of you who want to reach out to David and Sydney, we invite you to email us at guests at sustainablycircular.ca. We'll pass your messages and your good wishes on to Sydney and David, and hopefully they'll get back to you. Uh, what is your what is the modality that you guys um, if we do share, are you Twitter people? Are you Facebook people? Are you LinkedIn people? What what modality do you use primarily so people can reach out to you? Um, I would say LinkedIn. I'm not on Twitter, but I am also on Facebook. So definitely LinkedIn or Facebook. Okay. And David? I am on LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn sometimes. And Instagram is probably the better uh, option for me. All right. So please stay here while we segue to to our ad and then on to uh, the news piece. Thanks again to Sydney and David. I hope you had a really good time. I really enjoyed it. I think the listeners are going to really enjoy this uh, your involvement in our podcast. So thanks again for being part of the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. You see them on the street every day while you're walking your dog or getting in and out of your car. Masks and respirators that are floating around in the atmosphere like bugs and insects landing in between bushes and your wheel well of your car or on the driveway to your home. A new occurrence that happened since COVID has come into our lives about two and a half years ago. But companies are trying to recycle. And this is something that we do. Uh, Our show is to try to encourage people to recycle PPEs and masks. Just this Monday... CBC News Radio put out a national segment on box recycling of major Canadian and American box recyclers whose specialty is PP recycling. Now, as I'm not going to comment on it today, but I'd like to leave this as a survey question. Would you be willing to pay to have your recycling taken away from you as long as you knew that it wasn't going to landfill and it was going to be repurposed and turned into something else? If you are interested in voting on this one, please go to our website or uh, to our email survey at sustainablycircular.ca. Cast your vote. We'll have the results of that in a, in a future show. And we'll talk more about the box program and probably invite some people in to have that conversation with us. And that's all for us today. I hope you enjoyed our guests today, Sydney Vernier and David Lee. And I hope you will tune back and join us again next Wednesday when we put out a brand new episode. And we will try to answer all your questions and concerns about being sustainably circular. You take care now. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Sustainably Circular podcast. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whichever podcast platform you're tuning in from. Much like this show, 
Andy and the team love getting into the good and the bad, and everything in between. So feel free to express yourself in the reviews of the show, and we will give you a shout out on the next episode. If the episode made you think of someone that needs to hear this message, take a screenshot, send them a message, or discuss it with them over coffee. Leaders are the best givers, and after all, we're all in this together. In case you want to learn more about how we can help you with PPE recycling, please visit our website at www.meahealth.ca. Once again, it's www.meahealth.ca. We appreciate you and can't wait for you to join us for the next episode.